Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Live in the Bream with the host of Fox News Sunday, Shannon Bream. This week on Live in the Bream, I am super excited. I told you guys a couple weeks ago when we had CeCe Winans on that I was going to fangirl, which is unprofessional. But just buckle up today because we got somebody that I have admired for decades. I have um, followed her. Her books, her studies have changed my life. And I know from millions of people, she has impacted them in beautiful, powerful ways. And now she's got a book out and we're learning so much more about her story. Beth Moore, it's called All My Knotted Up Life. It's a memoir. Beth, thank you so much for joining us on Live in the Bream. Shannon, I could not be more pleased. Thank you for having me. And listen, I wish I could have fangirled with you over Cece. She is <laughs> She's just, special. She is phenomenal. I would have gone right there with you. Yes. Well, listen, I, I say the same thing about you and that um, I know women of all ages and backgrounds and denominations and places who have just grown so much because you've challenged us to dig more into the word and you leave mm. such a legacy in everything that you've touched and done. But this book is a whole different view of your life, struggles, transparency, some really difficult things. Why at this point, and again, it's called All My Knotted Up Life, did you decide to share so openly about some of these incredibly painful things? Part of it is purely my age. So I, as I speak to you today, am in my mid-60s, and I think it's a very normal thing, especially if you're a writer and you you put things that the way you process is in words. There, there's a natural inclination to look back over your shoulder, even if you may have 20 years left, 25 years left. I don't have any idea how much longer um, God wants me on this planet, but I do know that most of my life is behind me and most of my vocational life is behind me. So I think there's that natural uh, desire to look back and see it somehow pieced together. And that was the gift that it, the process was to me personally. If you ask me, Beth, at the end of the day, I mean, obviously, you hoped it would help someone, and that's why you went through publishing, but is there any reason why it would have done anything for you? Uh, that that would have been it. That Sometimes I have a tendency to look back over my life and think, it just looks just like fragments all over the place. Just And to see the mosaic of ways, even in the pain and in the and in the beauty and, and the brutality, all of the things to be able to look at it and go, OK, all right, it, it's not pretty, but it is my story and there is redemption. And I just also felt that there was a way that we could minister a little more deeply. Keith and I had held on to some things, primarily because the next generation had to really, you know what I'm saying, they and mm-hmm. their peers needed to be with the Lord to pass on and us catch our breath and think, what, what 
is left of our lives that could serve. And I just am one, Shannon, I, I know you feel the same way. There's just so much pain in this world. And there is nothing like the isolation that suffering brings. And you think, I'm so alone in this. And for people who have felt like such train wrecks, which both Keith and I have <laughs> in our lives, to be able to say, oh, we get it. We get it. And you are not without hope and you do not have to wear that shame. Yeah, I mean, you talk about your childhood and there were so many uh, all, uh, crazy things that happened, but you're very open about um, being betrayed by a family yes. member. Oh, and yes. I yes. think a lot of people have those stories and it's very difficult them, for them to think and look around that others may have suffered that way or that somebody sitting next to you in the pew at church um, could be an abuser. I mean, like, it's really difficult to grapple with those ideas, but you do that truthfully in this Very book. real. Uh, very, very real. And I'll tell you, so at the time that you and I are talking, the book has been out, let me do a little calculating, uh, uh, nine days. And I can't tell you how many women I've heard from already mm -hmm. who have said to me that same thing happened to me. And one of the things that we grapple with is the the shame of it and the where there's that sense of it being all of your fault and one thing about victimization especially sexual abuse and the and one of the reasons why i wanted to go on and tell the rest of my story is that if 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 all sexual abuse is harmful and destructive then when it is a family member and then push it a little bit further when your perpetrator should have been your biggest protector and mm -hmm. in my case it was my father and when when that turns upside down and there's literally no boundary over the life whatsoever no, no one you can trust nothing no way to escape it and yet you're you're a child and all of the responsibility of your family staying together, you feel is on you. And what I mean by that, Shannon, when when you've been abused in your home, this this thought for many of us, and I have I've heard from many, many victims through the years, but specifically over abuse in the home in these last nine days, what happens is that you think I can't tell it because if I do tell it, I'm going to tear up my family. And we feel that same way about our church, any place, our, a community exactly. that is dear to us. We feel like if I, if I come forward with this and what's happened and how I've been hurt here, I, I'm going to, I'm going to ruin everything. I'm going to destroy everything. When it's already being destroyed from the inside and that the only way out is to find someone you can trust and to begin to get outside that sense of the dark secrecy and out into the light where God can begin to bring healing. So, oh, there are so many people that have been in this situation that have been abused or that know some love someone who has been abused and want to know how in the world are we supposed to even approach relationship in a way that is safe for that person so oh our prayer keith and i both feel so strongly he comes from so much brokenness as well uh, through tragedy in his family we just hope in in these years that whatever was left that we could serve that might 
be of help that here here it is here's here's our lives and we can say one thing we can say our god has been faithful to us every step of the way yeah and you share that so beautifully as people can see the ways that your life has been used and your marriage has been used and um you talk about going to be a camp counselor and having mm-hmm. this experience that convinced you, <laughs> yes. despite everything that you'd gone through and <laughs> yes. you hadn't been to seminary or anything else, but called no. by God to do some work for him. Yes. Yes. You know, I, Shannon, I've laughed with people and said, if I were going to make up a scene, if I could contrive it out of my imagination, make up a scene in which I received a, a divine calling. Trust me when I tell you it would not have been in a concrete bathroom in a cabin <laughs> at missions camp. I would have thought of some place where I could not smell the chlorine in the in the toilet water. I couldn't hear the dripping of the shower, all of the things. This is not the way I would have cast it, but it very much appeared to be the way God cast it. And I would love as an adult, don't you sometimes wish you could go back now and with your adult mind and whatever whatever maturity, I like, like maturity in so many areas, but with, with whatever maturity I have now, I wish I could go back and experience the same thing that that 18-year-old did. But the best way I know to explain, literally brushing my teeth. You know, this doesn't, there's nothing, <laughs> there's just nothing full of splendor about this moment except God. And that's that I st- was literally standing at the sink and had the strongest sense of the Holy Spirit. And what I would want our listeners to know is that I didn't have any paradigm for it. None. So I didn't I didn't even know what to do with it. All I knew and there were no words said I didn't see a vision, nothing. Nothing was written in the uh, steam on the lavatory mirror, nothing, nothing, nothing. I, the best way I know to explain what I sensed at that moment was possession. In other words, your mind, your mind. And I somehow I knew instinctively that it was a forever thing that what there it literally was a before and after moment, Shannon. I mean, I went Mm -hmm. like I had my own plans, what I wanted to be when I grew up, how I wanted to look. And then there was after and Everything after was like, I have no idea what's next. So I I run to the person that's overseeing the camp. I tell her, I said, I've had a strange thing happen. I tell her, and she has the insight. I've thought about this a thousand times, how she could have thought, well, you know, I need to talk this girl down off of this weird Mm -hmm. story. She could have just said anything, anything that would, well, if it does mean anything, you know, it'll happen again. She could have said a thousand different things, but instead she said, I believe you have had a call to what we would have called back then, Shannon. I'm I'm a lot older than you. Well, we would have called vocational (laughs) um, Christian uh, service. So then she told, she said, go tell your pastor when you get home. So I, with all the inability to define exactly what happened in that moment, I will tell you that if there is any evidence of of the veracity of it at all, it's just that purely it took to to this day. I've had so many people say, "Man, why haven't you quit?" Well, mm-hmm. it, it never occurs to me to quit. I, I it occurs to me to drop out of the public eye. That. That does frequently hit me, <laughs> but never to quit ministering because, man, I'm I'm this I'm in this w- with Jesus to the last breath. 
Yeah, and I loved in the book that this woman that you talk about, I love her wisdom and her kindness in not yes. saying, oh, you've had an experience or you're just kind of hyped up as you get at camp sometimes. Everybody's yes. emotional. I loved that wisdom that she gave you and guiding you and sending you to your pastor at home. And um, I'm sure in those moments you never would have envisioned where things have gone over the decades. But yeah. I do love the portion of your life where you were teaching aerobics at church because oh, who yes. did not love church aerobics? <laughs> I mean, you can get down yes. to Wayne Watson, whatever it is. Oh, <laughs> back oh, Stephen in the eighties. Oh, Amy yeah. Grant, you. Oh, they had some good stuff. Name it. This was the peak. It was absolutely the peak. So, if you're picturing someone that says, "Okay, all I understood from the Lord was whatever you do, you do it to the uh, to the full extent of the glory of God," that you know how. So, I get out of college. Keith and I get married. We uh, are, you know already involved at our church and aerobics becomes the craze. I mean, this was the early eighties. This was as, uh, this was the peak, the peak of the aerobics um, world. So my church, the ladies at my church go, Beth, we want you to teach us a class. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't even know. I, I've never even taken a class myself. They said, well, we know you can do it. Now, they knew this because I had been in drill team. Understand that that was the full extent oh, of my yeah. dancing uh, 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 experience was drill team. So all I can think of, I said, well, so I, I go out, I try to get a little bit of training. And I think, well, I said, you know, if I do it, I have to do it as ministry because this is what I have surrendered to the Lord to do. And so that's when I, I choreographed all of it to Christian music. And oh, yeah. we listen, we had the best time to this day. It days. sounds like, the, oh, it was If you want to so bring fun. it back, maybe you could start doing like fitness videos with hits from the <laughs> 80s of Christian music, <laughs> yes. 80s and 90s. I would sign up for that. We'd have to be in our chair. I'd have to be in my chair, you know. And I'm really teasing <laughs> because I've all I've stayed active all of this time, and so much of it still to some kind of worship or some kind of contemporary Christian music. I'll still have that in my headphones so often. So, I what is really an adventure about walking with Christ is that if instead of you thinking positionally. In your calling and all of us have a calling if we're in christ all of us have a calling on our lives um but if you think about it as far as my calling is to follow jesus wherever he leads it's not to be in a, per a particular position but it is the person of christ himself that is such a help to us because then we're not disturbed or destabilized when wait a second that job just it just evaporated. I no longer am in that position. Well, there's nothing positionally that can happen to us that that undermines our calling. There's just not. I, somebody needs to be encouraged by that today because you, your calling in Christ does not have to do with the right person hiring you or you being in that particular chair. It's wherever you are and whatever you're doing, the open door that God puts before you. And so that that is how I have lived all 40 of these years. And if you ask me today, Shannon, Beth, what do you see yourself doing in two years? I have no idea. <laughs> I just hope that whatever it is, that to the fullest as extent, the fullest extent that I know how to do it, that I'm doing it to the glory of God. We'll have more Live in the Bream in a moment. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You make such a good point. Like you said, that can be an encouraging word for any or all of us, especially when people are really feeling like they're floundering or seeking by the world standards. And I know for you, you're very open about the last few years getting caught up in political firestorms and denominational issues and all of that kind of thing. Um, How hard has that been to walk through? Because any of us who would struggle with that, it's painful. But for you, it was on such a public stage. It really was. The best way I know to explain it, or the way I've thought of it, is it it felt like I was going through a very public divorce. And by this, I mean for someone that's that has no background of this story, I, I you could not have been more deeply active and embedded and immersed in a denominational world than I was in my Southern Baptist world. And I I loved it. I'd said so many times, my home was my unsafe place. My church was a safe place. And it was Mm -hmm. all the way up. I mean, there were problems, of course. Anywhere you've got people, you've got problems. But it was a safe place for me personally. I got to serve in a way that was fulfilling to me. I would have seen basic sexism, uh, just like in many many conservative uh, areas of evangelicalism. But I, I got to serve and be fulfilled in what I was called to do. And then when we came to a point where I could no longer identify with certain things that had come so to the forefront of uh, of the public witness of that denomination. I'm not talking about your the church that you pass on the corner on your way to the grocery store or on the way to school, whatever it may be. I, I, there There might have been churches that had no idea of what was even happening out in the public uh, sphere at that time. But in in the world that I operated in publicly, when I came to a place where I knew that God was calling me out, it, it, was, it was a death. It was a death. And it was a very, a very public one. And these were, were people and are people that I have loved so much. And I, I have to believe at the end of the day, because listen, I'm not I'm not one to leave. I, I've laughed. Keith would say this if he were sitting by me right now. I, listen, I, I haven't been married for 45 years because I can't kiss and make up. That's just <laughs> that's just not me. I, I, I like long term. I like to stay. I love the sense I lost my sense of belonging. But there comes a time when convictionally that something inside of you goes, I can't, no, no, I cannot, I cannot do this. And I'm in a position where for me, I felt like I have been in women's ministry for 40 solid years. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is 
the area I am called to and I will stand for women and for the protection of their dignity in Christ um, to the last breath, to the last breath. This is what God has called me to. And, you know, I, I can't. The reason why it's called My Knotted Up Life, All My Knotted Up Life, so much of it is knotted together because, Shannon, don't we look at our lives sometimes and think, well, was that a good season or a bad season? Was that a good thing or a bad thing? But isn't isn't the truth of it that a lot of times it's so wound in there together that we we don't even know how to define it, that it was difficult and yet God worked miracles through it. So... I will love them forever and um, never want to trade away my heritage. And yet, not I don't want to trade off where God has taken me on this journey. It's I'm just going with Him. Well, there's no better thing that we can do um, through all of life's storms. Um, this book is fascinating. Again, it's called All My Knotted Up Life. It's a memoir by Beth Moore. And um, gosh, everything that we've talked on is just scratching the surface. It is all in these chapters. You'll feel like you know her so much better. You're going to laugh and cry with her and feel like many of us have already felt in going through her studies over the years that she's a friend. And um, you talk about the dignity of women and certainly Christ was about that. And that's something yes. that's been fresh and new to me in studying um, all of his words and his relationships in the New Testament the last few years. So we look forward to, Beth, whatever's coming next for you. Uh, but for now, it's this book, All My Knotted Up Life. Thank you for coming on Live in the Bream to talk with us about it. I could not be more pleased, Shannon. Thank you so much for having me. You are so gracious. Well, God bless you. See you soon. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.